I'm Christina. And I'm Megan. And, and this, this is, is the, the Aftermath, Aftermath of Sex. I've had a good day. Yeah. I've been hanging out with my friend here, Megan. Yeah, it's a good time always. We went to the fly park this morning to celebrate some of my, uh, one of my nieces and one of my nephew's birthdays um, and watch them jump around and climb on the rock wall. And that was pretty fun. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah. So yeah, it's good. I haven't been doing too much, but I traveled yesterday to go to my graduation for yes, my master's degree. Megan, so that was really fun that and is exhausting. Amazing. So you have, what do you have now, Megan? Oh, my master's in nursing education. Yes, you so do. So it kind of meshes my two loves. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. That's, That's so awesome. Yeah. I love it. Feels good. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. I'm proud yeah. of you as well. Oh, thanks. I didn't do anything well, not today. achievable today. Not today. Okay. <laughs> You should be so proud. I'm so proud of you. I'm just glad it's done. Yeah. Yeah. When you're done, you're like, okay. Okay. Moving on. Yeah. So um, some housekeeping. Yeah. So we need birth stories. We do. Lots and lots of all of your birth stories. It doesn't matter if you think it's funny, sad, or... We'll take sad birth stories. Plain Jane. Yeah. I know. I asked my grandma to give me hers, and she was like, it was just boring. And I'm like... She's like, nothing happened. And I was like, there's no such thing. You birthed you, a human. A human. A human came out of you. Yeah. How is that nothing, Grandma? Seriously. Grandma. I know. Yes. And you know what I think would be so cool is to hear older generations yeah. telling their birth stories because things were so different. So different. Um, I, one of the physicians that I work with is in her 70s. And she said that after she had her babies, the cure was bathing and having wine in between breastfeeds really and that was the thing and just like hand bathing me my wine, wine. And get take get a the bath baby's trunk. yeah take a bath <laughs> and have me a glass of wine it was fine and she's like my kids are surgeons so it's they okay are, I know. <laughs> I was like, she, she didn't did turn out good kids yeah the other thing we would love to hear from you is um any vagina story you might have so Megan and I often are sharing our own stories and we know that we are not alone. Yes. And so we want to hear your things. Yes. All the things. You can submit your story anonymously or you can link your name. We won't give your details if you don't want it, but we just want people to know that life is normal. Yeah. And where things happen. Yep. <laughs> we make silly choices sometimes. Yep. Um, and then we also want some email ideas. Um, or I, we, want, <laughs> we want you to email us ideas or questions that you might have or things that you've been thinking about that you think would be appropriate for our podcast. Email it to us and we'll put all of how to enter this data or these stories at the end of the show. Yeah. So okay. without further ado, we have some birth stories. Hey, birth stories. And I think, Megan, you should go first. Okay, I will go first. So I'm going to um, talk about it. All right. I am going to share Sammy Vanzel's story. And Christina here was her midwife. So the Christina in the story is referring to her. Just so y'all know, she says some really lovely things. <clears throat> All right. I'll start. 
I'll preface by saying we wanted a natural birth at the birth center, but I risked out because I was diagnosed with preeclampsia with mild symptoms very close to my due date. Due to the short staff early on in my pregnancy, the birth center was closed. We tried an OB, but we didn't feel comfortable, so we went to interior, women's interior and met Christina. The birth center reopened, but by that time we really liked Christina, so we alternated between our birth center midwife and interior. The last scheduled appointment we had was with Christina. Uh, must have been about 39 weeks. It was bittersweet because we loved her, but we didn't want to have our baby in the hospital. We even joked about hoping not to see her until our baby was born. Then a week or so later, we were back in the same room talking about how I feel about getting induced. She gave us a few days to get labor started naturally, but we did schedule an induction. It was a Tuesday. We got to the hospital at 8.30 p.m. In the nurse, uh, with the nurse admitting us. Christina, our midwife, just happened to be at the hospital delivering a baby, so she came in to see us. We did a COVID test and all the pre-screening. We did a vaginal exam, and my cervix was closed, tight, and thick. Oh, That's a bummer. terrible way to start. They administered the first dose of oral misoprostol. Within two hours, I was contracting every minute or two, and Sophia was looking strong. Christina and our new nurse decided to, uh, to wait to give us the second dose because my body responded so well that the contraction started to fizzle. So they gave me a second dose. Two hours later on the dot, my water broke at 5 a.m. and my contractions were still super regular. So they decided not to give me a third dose. From 7.30 a.m. to 7.30 p.m., I was contracting. They were increasing in intensity and frequency, but when Christina did the vaginal exam to see how dilated I was, about eight centimeters, she noticed some swelling in my cervix that would interfere with a natural birth. Hmm. Uh, James and I made the decision for me to get an epidural at 8.20 p.m. Because if we didn't, it seemed we'd have to get a C-section. Do you want to explain a little bit about that? Yeah, so um, sometimes when your cervix is swelling, it's because of the pressure you feel, especially when you're non-medicated. You just Your body has this urge to bear down especially when there's pressure from the baby's head. And so it can, if the cervix is there, um, it can cause that swelling, which then if it gets really puffy, it won't go behind the baby's head or yeah. open all the way. So an epidural can help yeah. to relax patients enough for that to go away Yeah. versus a C-section. All right. Let's see. Um, the anesthesiologist um, arrived right away. James asked if he could video and he was told yes. Um, I wonder if that made the anesthesiologist nervous. He seemed a little flustered, but my judgment may have been off since I was contracting and trying to hold the position they asked me to. to. I was told to curve my spine as if trying to touch my nose to my knees over my massive belly. He couldn't get the epidural in, so we had to do a second run. That's terrible. Um, he popped a few blood vessels. Not fun. Thank God for Christina. She was holding my hands, looking in my eyes, helping me to stay calm and remember to breathe. Oh, so sweet. It's one of my favorite things to do is look yeah. in mama's eyes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, the anesthesiologist got it. He was so sweet and was. Um, I was told that he's amazing at what he does. He checked my back with us several times, even after he checked back with us several times, even after our daughter was born. After the pain relief set in, I was able to eat and nap. Sophia was head low, but we couldn't start pushing because my contractions were now too far apart. So they gave me some Pitocin to regulate them. I pushed for three hours. Oh, poor thing. Yeah. Um, how long? What's an average for a first time? Three time? hours is about yeah. average. And then if you have an epidural, sometimes you need to add the hour. Okay. So a long time. So yeah. Yeah. Wow. Christina said Sophia is OP or faced up. The nurses already suspected this because my back labor was so intense 
and the way my contractions looked on the monitor. Sophia wasn't descending, so Christina recommended a C-section. She called the surgeon who was at home to come in and try to flip Sophia to face the right way. While we waited, I did some movement and stretching, and by the time the surgeon got there, Sophia flipped on her own. So I pushed for three more hours. <laughs> so at three hours, um, the ethical thing to do is to talk to parents about, you know, what's normal, what we're seeing, how baby's doing, and offer a cesarean because at that that time they really should be have the right to choose. Yeah. Um, and and we felt like everything was going well and she wanted to wait. Yeah. So I'm glad she did. Good for her. At one point, Christina wanted to do a suction assist, but they wouldn't have been able to reach the baby. Anyway, I delivered Sophia at 642 vaginally. <clears throat> her shoulder got stuck, so other nurses had to push on my abdomen to help get her out. But it was more above So, yeah, we don't push on the abdomen, but it feels like that because yeah. um, it's right on your symphysis pubis or right above it. Yeah. When she finally came out, Christina put her on my chest. They thought her shoulder would be dislocated on her clavicle or her clavicle broken. The pediatrician was standing by to do an immediate exam because Sophia was in shock. Everything was perfect except her head was coned and bruised because of being stuck in my cervix so long. Other than that, we have a health, healthy, safe, safe baby girl. Daddy cut the umbilical cord. They weighed and measured her at 21 inches and 8 pounds, 8 ounces. It's a decent-sized baby. Mm -hmm. All right. During the postpartum um, period, while Sophia was being examined, I was bleeding heavily. I had three tears, and Christina immediately started on the stitches. James said it all added together 10 to 15 of them. My left arm felt swollen and tingly. And I told the nurses, and she saw that my IV had infiltrated. So they stopped the fluid immediately, which is kind of a bummer if she's bleeding. that Now she doesn't have an IV. Yeah. Did they have to restart one? Um, I don't Maybe. remember. Uh, well, oh, I think I, um, <clears throat> I think we no, did an they injection. Did actually, yeah. I still needed the Pitocin to help coagulate, so they did an injection, injection yeah. dose. They put Sophia on my chest, and we stayed skin to skin for an hour or so. <clears throat> the pediatrician came in to check on Sophia, and the nurse did my physical exam. At that time, everything looked good, and the nurse helped me to start breastfeeding. Uh, Sophia got the PKU and a bilirubin blood draw. Um, the woman doing it wasn't able to get enough blood, so she jabbed Sophia a second time. Uh -uh. It was so sad. Sophia was crying so much. Um, I was standing by the bassinet comforting her and noticed the top of her head was pushing against the bassinet. I asked the pediatrician to scoot her down, and she immediately stopped crying. The bruising on her head was hurting more than getting stabbed in the foot twice. That lady was lucky to be alive. <laughs> the test showed Sophia had above average milliroomen levels. Not high enough to be diagnosed jaundice, but high enough uh, that due to us living two hours away from the hospital, they treated her for it. Yeah. I mean, if you live that far away. Yeah. It's um, the you don't wanna, thing to do. You don't really want to come back in for readmission. That would yeah. be worse, I yes, think. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Um, she was put under a blue lamp overnight. In the meantime, during my next physical exam, a nurse found a clot in my vaginal canal. She couldn't tell the size, so she went and got the charge nurse for a second opinion. The charge nurse decided it needed to be removed because she suspected it was too large to pass and that there uh, may be internal bleeding that was getting trapped inside. She pulled it out. It was uncomfortable. I bet. I, yeah. <laughs> it's just, After it's just deliver a human out of your vagina yeah. and to have somebody's fingers in there. Um, I heard her say, it's the size of a small apple. Let's weigh it and call Christina. Yeah. So weighing it is, um, you, it's like one to one. So one ML of bleeding is one gram. Yeah. 
And it helps us to really keep track of how much bleeding is actually happening. And a small apple is a giant clot. It is a big clot. Yeah. Um, I wasn't bleeding internally more than average, but I did have two more large clots. They gave me a large dose of mesoprostol or was it Pitocin? (laughs) Sweet. It was probably mesoprostol. It probably was. And then things went back to normal. After that, a lactation specialist came in and gave me some pointers on breastfeeding. Sophia and I had regular physical exams for the rest of the day and overnight. The following morning, a nurse came in to do another heel prick to see if her number had improved. He wrapped her tenderly, and then he poked her foot so she didn't even cry. Oh, sweet. So sweet. What a good nurse. I could have hugged that guy. Her numbers came back normal. The rest of the day, we focused on sleeping and relaxing. Nice. Christina stopped by and gave us the cutest little beanie for Sophia. Oh, you're so sweet. We discharged that evening and went to uh, Pike's uh, Hotel for three nights before heading home. Our nurses, so let's see. Um, we had a lot of great conversations uh, with the hospital staff about life and stuff. In spite of the pain and complications, in spite of nothing going according to plan, becoming a parent is the best thing that has ever happened to me. Oh, that's sweet. I know. And she shared James's recollection as Ooh, told to his best friends. That's so very in- interesting. Yeah, from daddy's point of view. Uh, if you ever have a kid, get Christina. She will be with you every step of the way. Oh, heart. So sweet. I love it. We had some pretty serious complications in Sammy's delivery that would have been a tragic outcome at the birth center. She was in active labor for 24 hours and required an epidural to help reduce the swelling of her cervix. Three hours into the final stage of pushing labor, our midwife told us Sophia was OP or sunny side up, meaning her head was facing up instead of down, making it nearly impossible for her to pass through Sammy's pelvis. 15 minutes away from a C-section when Sophia decided to flip back around. Another three hours of pushing and Sophia's head finally came out, but her shoulders got stuck. Mm. The team of nurses rushed to do everything possible to free her as soon as possible because at that point her umbilical cord was pinched off and Sophia's heart rate started to crash and Sammy started hemorrhaging at the same time. I held my breath for what felt like a lifetime as I watched my entire world in dire straits. Oh, I know he was so scared. Yeah, that's terrifying for family members to watch emergencies like that. A whole team of nurses jumped into action and pressed and pushed and did everything they could to get her out. And when it seemed like things were really going south, watching the color drain from Sammy's whole body, finally, Sophia came out. Her whole body was purple like a blueberry from shock, and she went straight um, into resuscitation. Like a blueberry. I know. I like this. <laughs> it's pretty blue. It is blue. I've never held my breath for so long. I felt yeah. my whole body shudder uh, when the first smallest uh, squeaking cry came from Sophia and then the belting cries from her lungs. I've never been so terrified in my life. Christina immediately went to working to work on stopping Sammy's heavy bleeding, giving her 15 stitches. It took a few hours for the heavy bleeding to stop, and she ended up passing several clots the size of a grapefruit. We had not been at the hospital. Had we not been at the hospital, I don't know where I would be right now because I would be telling a different story. I am blessed to have my family. Oh. Um, and this is Sammy. Back to Sammy. Okay. Yeah. Um, so four days postpartum, James and I talked about what labor was like for each of us. The memory does fade quickly. I guess for me, that's part of my body's pain response. James talked about what seeing the epidural was going in was like, seeing Sophia crowning and the fear of losing us at one point oh. and watching the sutures get put in where I tore. I had another big cry about the times the pain was at its worst and I refused to say things like, I can't, but those thoughts did cross my mind. I felt the physical pain, but the fear that may have been worse than the pain crept in. 
What if I did give in and get the C-section or if something happened to Sophia, that it would somehow be my fault? I didn't realize the emotional roller coaster is just as impactful as the physical pain. Yeah. Yeah. So true. Definitely. I mean, birth, even with a good outcome, can be really traumatic. Yeah. yeah. And even when us as medical providers are like, oh, like obviously in this story, yeah. there was a lot that went outside of the scope of quote unquote normal. Mm -hmm. But even when we as medical providers find that things are normal, sometimes yeah. it's still very traumatic because yeah. it's very life changing. It's yeah. very physical. It's very emotional. Right. So, um, right. but oh, I'm glad she shared. I know. Story. Thank you so much, Sammy. That was such a great story. Beautiful to share story. Lots of good points and learn, you know, to yeah. Yeah, and so. your perseverance, man. Yeah. Tough as nails. Seriously. Grit. Six hours of pushing. That doesn't grit. happen very often. It doesn't. Mm -hmm. A couple handfuls of times. Yeah. Me. Like that's that's true grit. Yep. So awesome. thank you for sharing. Yeah. Another story. And we didn't share names, but um we did get permission oh, yeah. to share names for both of these, I think. Yeah. yeah. So the story that I just read was from Sammy. And um, and James, yeah, Sammy and James, and, and their James. little baby Sophia. Baby Sophia. Um, this story that I'm going to tell is um, from a lovely friend of ours, Francine, um, who's amazing. Yeah. And she says, "I like to preface this story by acknowledging that all births are different, and I sometimes feel guilty for sharing such a wonderful birth when I know other women have gone through a harder time for their births." On the other hand, I like to let people know what is possible with birth by sharing a story like this. Not all birth stories, like you see in the media, are train wrecks of chaos and pain. Birth can, can and should be so much better than that. This is the story of my first birth, my daughter Tiara's birth on October 22nd, 2005. I had just turned 27 when I had when I had her, I started my prenatal care, just like most people going to the clinic and seeing my providers for all of the regular tests and checkups around the time of my 20 week ultrasound. My very experienced OB asked me what I wanted to do for pain control. And if I planned on an epidural, I really hadn't given it any thought. I was just accepting my care as it came. And I didn't really get involved with reading about birth or doubt what my doctor said. So when he asked me that question, I hadn't given it any thought. On one side, or on a side note, I'm terribly spooked by needles. So when I thought about labor, I just thought, I don't want any needles. <laughs> and so I said to him, I think I'll probably just do it naturally. I don't know. He chuckled kindly and said gently, oh, I think he'll want something. Rude. <laughs> Seriously. So rude. Uh, now, as it turns out, 16 years later, I am myself a labor and delivery nurse. And he was right for so many people. Most Americans do want epidurals, and I fully understand why, and I love epidurals when people want them, but for myself, it really didn't sit well with me when he said that. It felt kind of, um, it felt kind and fatherly and condescending all at the same time, for sure, yeah, absolutely. Um, never, ever yeah. should you say something like yeah, that. You have to support your patient's wishes. N no matter what. Yeah. We have options for a reason. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know if I was just feeling sensitive or maybe remembered his words slightly incorrectly, but in any case, that comment changed my life. I felt a little offended and decided to start learning about birth and really took more ownership of my pregnancy and birth plan. Good. Good on you. Yeah. In the end, I ended up changing clinics to the out-of-hospital birth center here in Fairbanks run by midwives. 
I got inspiration from books and decided to try some of the coping skills for labor I had read about. And I had a mindset that this being my first birth, it was probably going to be epic. Go on for days. And I was preparing for a marathon. I hired a doula, Jess. She charged me half price since she was still attending births to count toward her being a certified doula with her organization. Turns out Jess ended up really saving the day. I was due October 25th and had had a smooth, low-risk, easy pregnancy. About midnight on the night of the 22nd, I felt cramping in bed and I tried to sleep through them and save my energy for the real deal of labor. Also, my late husband, Peter, worked 12-hour shifts with a long commute each way and his alarm went off at about 4.30 a.m., so I tried not to wake him. I was trying to rest and be quiet, so I went downstairs on the guest bed and tried to sleep with no success. When he got up, I told him I was contracting, but I dismissed it like, this is the very beginning. I'm sure it'll take forever. So um, he couldn't decide if he should go to work. And I was irritated. He didn't just call in for a day and stay home. But I said, fine, go ahead. For all we knew, I'd labor like this for days. So off he went. Okay. Well, <laughs> this is setting us up, I, I think. I'm excited. Uh, I stayed home alone in the wee early hours until I felt like it might be a good time to call my midwives and Jess. I gave the midwives a head up a heads up when Peter went to work that things had started and they talked with me on the phone throughout the morning. I called Jess around seven or 8 AM when I thought she'd be up and she, and she said she'd come out. I lived in cripple Creek at the time, about a half an hour drive from town. I told her no rush, you know, to take, to take her time getting her kids situated, maybe grab a movie or something to occupy us because I was sure this is going to take a long time. In the meantime, I tried resting in bed, eating some oatmeal for strength, took a little bath, and just wandered around in my robe trying to manage my contractions. Whenever you're trying to manage your contractions, things are happening. Right. <laughs> Honestly, they were really painful, but at the moment, I try to push that word from my mind. I pushed all... Oh, actually, sorry, I can't read this. All fear and negativity out of my mind as I labored. I tried to talk to myself with good thoughts, positive vibes, visualize myself opening and relaxing. I thought of my ancestors and how my body could do this, literally from generations of women having children successfully before me. And that, and at that moment, I was following the chain of humanity and joining these women. That wow. just gave me the chills. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> okay. Francine, you're making me cry. Okay. <laughs> so my mind was getting pretty deep. People call it labor land. <laughs> <laughs> As I said, I was really scared of needles and tearing. So I kept visualizing my cervix opening and my labia opening like George <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. I had a little mantra. I'm gonna get huge. <laughs> Stop it. Oh my gosh. I'm going to get huge because I, <laughs> because I had read it in a opening. Oh, hold on. I'm, I'm tearful. <laughs> I'm laughing. I'm full of a, I'm a hot mess over here. Okay. Um, because I had read it in a book and wanted my body to gently let my baby out. So I wouldn't tear. I remembered learning about Adam's in high school chemistry, how everything is basically a little nucleus surrounded. What? <laughs> Stop it. How everything is um, basically a little nucleus surrounded by space and flying tiny electrons. So I imagine my body stretching and opening easily because it's mostly just empty space after all. God. I love that. Do, 
I don't think she teaches birth classes, but she, no, should. she should. She, should. she totally should. Well, she, I think she's starting the evidence-based birth um, teaching. Oh. Like she's going to be an instructor. Oh, Yeah, I'm so cool. excited for it. Um, so the contractions were really strong now. I remembered reading somewhere that usually women show up and get sent home because labor is still too early. So one way to tell was to wait as long as you could until you just couldn't take it anymore. And that was a good time to go to the hospital. So each contraction, it was so overwhelming and hard. But as soon as it was done, I felt relief between contractions. <laughs> and I would take a moment and ask myself, is that as much as I can take? Could it be worse? And I imagined something like a shark attack and thought it could be worse. I guess I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. She's still at home 30 minutes away. Yep. Still okay. at home 30 minutes away. Um, so, uh, sorry. So I kept laboring at home alone with just my cute little Rico dog for company. Jess still hadn't shown up, which was fine because I had told her no rush. The midwife still kept checking in on me with long phone calls. What was really weird and in retrospect cool was that when I talked with them, it was like my labor just paused so we could talk. I told them I was managing. I figured it would get harder. Then we'd pause um, talking during contractions. Little did I realize they were using those phone calls to time my contractions. Yes. Oh, clever lady. Yes, we do this. Yes. Haha, ha. and here I thought they were just being super sweet and chatty. <laughs> um, if I had known, I could have told them that labor almost stopped when we spoke, then picked up when I got off the phone. But as far as they knew, I wasn't contracting very often and was managing. I couldn't time the contractions, though, and give them that info. The mental task of it was too hard to do. Interesting. Finally, it was enough. I thought, this is stupid. Why is Peter at work? I called and told him to get home. I felt like I was extremely constipated. Oh, no. Oh, Here, dear. She, here we go. She's still at home. And she's still at home 30 minutes away. Here in the middle of those intense contractions, I had that annoyance to deal with. It was so uncomfortable. I thought, if I could just have a bowel movement, I know I'd feel so much better and can manage these contractions better. Don't do it, Francine. So on the pot I sat. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it. So on the pod I sat, it was so uncomfortable, this feeling of having to poop. I decided to hell with it, and I pushed to poop as hard as I could. I didn't even care if my butt tore. My constipation was so bad. Oh, Francine. Francine. And she's all alone. Where is this with her first baby? Oh. Um, and then, sorry, but I don't want know how else to describe it. Shit hit the fan. <laughs> I started shaking violently, vomited all over the bathroom floor, all that good hydration I had been trying to drink all day, and oatmeal, and it was a lot of fluids. Word to the wise, during labor, eat something you don't mind revisiting later. That's what I tell all my yes. guests. Oatmeal turned out to be a decent choice. Sweat started pouring off me. It dripped down my shoulders and my armpits and off the tips of my elbows. Oh, Francine. And my water broke in the toilet when I tried to poop. So my birth record says that that was at 10.25 a.m. I started pushing uncontrollably then, and I couldn't stop. It was like trying to hold back a vomit or the ocean. You just can't do it. Of course, about that time, Jess called, but I couldn't get up to answer the phone. My old-fashioned answering machine picked up, and she said she was driving out, had snacks, and a movie with her. <laughs> oh, little did Jess know. Oh, my gosh. She, what she's <laughs> Oh, man, she was so chipper and unconcerned and happy sounding. <laughs> Meanwhile, my body took over and, and was vomiting, shaking, pushing, sweating, and I had no control. 
I put my hand down to my vagina. It was unrecognizably swollen. I was like, oh my God, what is that? Is that me? That, that isn't me. I was feeling my baby's hair in my vagina. <gasps> oh, Francine, oh. earlier in labor, when I asked myself if I could handle worse, the answer was always, well, I guess I could <laughs> be worse. I guess I'm okay. But this time when I asked myself, the answer was, this is definitely not okay. <laughs> I was home alone, a half an hour out of town, and pushing. How terrifying. And this is her first baby. And this this is her first. I am terrified for her right now. And this was 16 years ago. Yes. I had some panic well up in me. I certainly didn't read about how to handle a home birth alone. I don't remember if it was before or after my water broke that I called the midwives from the living room couch. It must have been after because... I called them to tell them what was happening and then had a contraction and dropped the phone. It skidded across the floor and I couldn't reach it, but it was still on and they could hear me roaring and pushing. Oh my goodness. Can you a imagine? Little, yeah. No. Being on the other end of that. I know. Trying to help, but, but you can't. You're 30 get, minutes yeah. away. Yeah. A little while later, Jess knocked on the door downstairs and she said, hello, Francine. It's me, Jess. I'm just going to let myself in. Okay. Francine. And then I was roaring and pushing and she ran up to me. I wish I had a video because I'm sure it was pretty funny. My Hira doula in training threw a robe over my shoulders, put an arm over her shoulder, put my arm over her shoulder, talked with the midwives on the phone, walked me down the stairs, placed towels in my back seat, and buckled me in. It was an excruciating <laughs> I'm sorry. It was excruciating. Wait, they got in the car? Yeah, they got in the car. And her babies, she could feel the head? Hair? The hair. She could feel hair. Hair. Okay. It was, and it was bulging probably because it felt really swollen, right? Right. Okay. So thank God it was her first baby or this baby would have been out by now. Uh Maybe. I don't know. Uh So it was excruciating getting buckled and being on that car ride. I can't imagine. Can you? No. I wouldn't be able to sit. I would be terrified of delivering in the car. Well. She was just trying to get somewhere. Yeah. She told me to blow little raspberries with my contractions to try not to push. And away we went. We made it to onto Cripple Creek, and she saw my little dog in the mirror. Oh, and then, no. <laughs> the dog was following. And then, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, man. She saw my little dog in the rearview mirror chasing our car. When she whisked me away from the house, she left my house door wide open oh. as well as the garage door. And my buddy Rico came running after our car. I told her she had to stop because yeah. he was dumb with traffic. I opened the rear door and tried to call him, but he was suspicious and took his time coming because I was a weird panting wreck. <laughs> he was suspicious. <laughs> he was like, what the hell? Oh, man. I was smooching my, or I was, oh, yeah, I was smooching. <laughs> Poor Fritzy. Oh. I was smooching my lips at him trying to act normal so the dog would actually trust me. Finally, we were on our way again with Rico, too. I didn't know it at the time, but we passed Peter on our way to town as he headed home to me, and he saw my car, but it was just driving, and he had no way of knowing if it was her or if I was with her or at home because I was laying in the back seat. He decided he was close enough to home to check home first, which turned out to be good because it was freezing outside, and he was able to shut the doors. Um, right, because it was October. Yeah, it was October in yeah. Fairbanks. In Fairbanks, in, Alaska, yeah, y'all, Fairbanks, it gets cold up here. It's very cold. We showed up at the birth center at the same time as the midwives at 1125. Jess also had the good thought to call my mom, and she took some pictures once the midwives took over, as we had discussed in my birth plan. 
My mom came quickly since she lives in town. And then Peter showed up a little after that at 1150. Oh, wow. There's still 1125. They got there and it's 1150. Yeah. Okay. The midwives got the tub ready and I got in, which was nice. I don't know if it helped with labor pain, but being there and ready for birth really mm -hmm. brought my panic energy down and we had a peaceful vibe again as I concentrated on not pushing too hard and easing her out in a controlled way. My mom said something to the midwives asking if they could do something for my pain, but I asked her to shush. <laughs> Very good. Good. I actually never wanted anything for pain. I prefer to manage alone. In between the contractions, I remember making a few jokes thinking I was pretty funny. During contractions, I just wanted it to be calm and quiet. Um, the tub helps me feel clean after I, all that gross, clammy, sweaty, vomit bathroom activity. I bit my own arm, which felt great, until they gave me a washcloth to bite because my arm was looking pretty rough. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I've had a patient do that before. Yeah, I have. The biting have. their hand okay. and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's like a, it changes your like nerve yeah. pathways, right? I had somebody and, ask for a comb the other day though. Yes, like to yeah. grab a comb. Um, I grabbed the tub rails and eventually leaned back and eased her out. Peter kneeled at the side of the tub. My hand went down to feel the baby's head. Then I guided her body out under the water. I picked the baby up as the baby emerged and the midwife guided the baby to my chest. Thanks to Jess, I have the coolest pictures of that. It took a little while for the baby to cry. The midwives were just opening the cupboard for oxygen or air for the baby when the baby started crying and pinked up. I let out a huge sigh of relief and relaxed back onto the tub. The epic labor was done. My family looked at me and said, well, and I was like, well, what? I just had a baby. I'm done. <laughs> then I realized nobody knew the gender because it was a surprise. and My hands were covering the baby's bum. I reached down and felt she was a girl. Oh, that's oh. so exciting. <sighs> Sweet. I love this story. Yes. Tiara was born at 12.31 p.m., 12 hours from my first contraction that day and one hour after arriving at the birth center. Peter arrived about 40 minutes before she was born. I'm sure if Jess had not come when she did, um, 10.45 to 11 at my house, I would have mm -hmm. had her at home alone, or maybe Peter would have walked in during right. the birth. Uh, <laughs> Once Jess picked me up, things slowed down and definitely at the birth center, ping, um, things calmed down. My contraction spaced out in a good way and I think slowed the ending a bit, which was good. The midwife said I had a tiny tear and said that they could do uh, one stitch or leave it to heal on its own. Of course, I'm scared of needles, so I said no thanks to the mm -hmm. stitch. Um, Peter apologized so much after he saw me give birth. He had no idea how powerful it would be or how it would go and didn't know if I'd give birth in three hours or three days, and clearly I didn't know either. Mm -hmm. Before giving birth, I um, was not a very maternal person, so I feared I might not automatically bond and adore my baby like you see with other mothers or in the media. I'm glad she mentioned that because mm -hmm. a lot of people yep. feel like that. Yeah. Um, but I had nothing to fear and the best experience with childbirth. We ate Thai food at the birth center and were home resting by that early evening. During this time, I felt so high, a pure life had high that I'd never experienced before, not even close. I felt my brain turn um, to mush and dissolve into a disconnected mass of softness. Uh, like the wires were disconnecting in my brain as I was aware of it. It spooked me a little to feel my head feeling so tripped out and floaty. Then I swear I felt the connections come back together in a new and better way. And I was transformed into a mother. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I know, I'm getting no, off. seriously. <laughs> 
I'm snot nosed over here. Thanks for seeing. This is beautiful. Um, it was, it was the most powerful transformative experience of my life and the closest I've come to knowing a higher power. And as much as I feel reluctant to think it is <laughs> it as a feminist, I felt my body's mission in life was all geared toward that single event to give birth to my child. I then felt that I had accidentally missed my calling. Never in my life had I known such passion for a topic. I thought, darn, I should have been a midwife or a doula or something with birth, but I dismissed my own instincts as hormonal wildness left um, over from birth and continued on my life path. Um, years later, when Peter died, I felt more inspired to embrace life and to follow all passions and entered into the world of birth, uh, birth work because my life as it, it, as it is, is not everlasting. Thanks for listening to my birth story. I love sharing it. So oh. sweet. Thank you for wow, sharing. Thanks, These Francine. are great, great Th birth yeah. stories. Thank you, Sammy. Thank you, Francine, for amazing stories. I think that will resonate with lots of people so who are people. listening. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, we all um, hope you have a wonderful week. Yeah. And thank you for listening to these cool stories. Yeah. I hope you feel inspired and love. Yeah. And share yours with yeah. us so we can read them on the air. All right, y'all, we need you, our wonderful and fabulous listeners. If you would like to submit your birth adventure, your vagina mishap story, or the what the fuzz just happened to me story, go to www.theaos411.com. You'll be able to select the type of story you'd like to submit right there. Remember, these stories can be anonymous. So if it's a great story, but you want, don't want to share your name, that's all right. So you just let us know. Ask us any burning questions you might have. Also, hit us up on Instagram at the AOS411 or Facebook at the Aftermath of Sex. We also have Twitter at the Aftermath Sex, but we really don't know how to use that. So you can go ahead and hit us up there and maybe we'll figure it out eventually. But right now, it's pretty bleak. Don't forget to support us by hitting like and subscribe and share us with all your friends because likely they're just as cool as you. We hope you feel enlightened today. Bye. Bye. Oh yeah. Bye together. Sorry. Forgot. Okay. Yeah, oh. that's great. Well, we weren't Hold recording. on. I haven't stopped. No, it's recording. Yes. Where's oh shit. I didn't realize that. We hope you feel enlightened today. Bye. Bye. How did that sound? It's so oh.